Would you welcome Josh Haynes as he comes to preach the Word this morning? Well, good morning. It's, uh, it's good to see everyone out this morning, and uh, I appreciate uh, what a privilege it is for me just to be able to be here with you folks today. And I appreciate your pastor and just asking us to come. And we've been much in prayer for today and tonight, as well as throughout the rest of the week. And we're really excited, looking forward to what God is going to do in these services. But uh, I also appreciate, I got a lot of family here. We almost have a Haynes reunion going on this morning. And uh, my uh, Aunt uh, Tam and Uncle Frank are back there, my Aunt Michelle, and then my, uh, obviously, George and Velma, my grandparents, my brother, and uh, all five of his children, and then um, some other folks that we also uh, recognize that we uh, uh, know as well. So I I really, uh, it's great to see all the familiar faces and and looking forward to getting to know some more folks this week. I did have a great great privilege to be able to meet... um, the, your youth pastor, youth pastor, Pastor Shane, yesterday, and um, as well as some of the youth group, and they learned me on how to, y'all say learned around here? They learned me on how to play nine square in the air, which was the first time I ever did that, and uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to get up out of bed this morning. I thought that uh, we was going to have some problems, but uh, no, we didn't. And I'm also equally thankful for all of the youth and the teens that they did not take it easy on me at all. At times, I really think, I notice that they're planning on trying to get me out on purpose. I don't hold it against them, that's fine, but I'm the one that's in control right now. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Um, uh, on a serious note, um, I will tell you this, this morning. Um, basically, uh, you can see that I grow a beard to hide the ugly. You saw my picture? That's why I grow the beard. Some of y'all thought my brother was preaching this morning. <laughs> You see how I did that? <laughs> Some of y'all catch up later. No, I'm allowed to do that. He's my brother. I can call him ugly. Um, but no, on a serious note, what I want to tell you this morning, folks, is that uh, I do not have power to bring revival to this church, to anybody. I don't. I do not. Scripturally speaking, I do not. I didn't bring it with me. I didn't whatsoever. Revival is, is something that each and every one of us receive when you seek God for it, when we seek Him in prayer. It's not just about coming for special services. While those special services are a great avenue a lot of times to invite folks to church and to get folks to come out that maybe normally don't come, but the truth of the matter is is that revival is not something that any pastor has the power or preacher or evangelist has the power to bring to a place. Revival is something that you will receive if you have been seeking it on your knees in prayer prior to today. Now, with that being said, you know, there's, we've sought God, we've sought the face of God for what, what God would have for this week. And I look forward to seeing how God moves in our hearts and lives. But the truth of the matter is all of us need revival, you know, especially the ones that maybe be thinking this sermon's for this person or this person. No, that means the sermon's for you. And it's important to understand this morning that when we come into the house of God, that we come really just expecting to receive something from the Lord. We say, Lord, what would you have for me today is what we want to ask. And they're the questions that we want to ask ourselves. We come this morning and I pray that you've come expecting so that you'll go receiving. It's something that I tell the church that I pastor all the time. Now, I will not labor this this morning. I'm not important, so I don't need to go into background about who I am. Obviously, I used to live here, 
And now I have the great privilege of when I come to buy a non-resident fishing license from Pennsylvania. And uh, I look forward to being able to spend time with my dad tomorrow. We're going to go fishing. I hope if you're a fisherman that you're not good at it at all. Because that means I'm going to have a good day tomorrow. Praise God. Or that you gave up early. But nonetheless, um, you know, we come this morning really seeking the face of God. Wanting the Lord to really touch hearts and lives very, very much. And I pray that you've truly come expecting that. Now, again, I'm 38 years old. I'm married. Your pastor had already introduced my family. We used to live here until I was about 27, and we felt God call us away to Ohio. I did not have a job. Uh, we just packed up. I quit my job. I used to work for East Buffalo Township. And when I was there, I worked there for about five years, and we moved to Ohio. We didn't have a place to live. We got to live with my in-laws for just a few months until God opened the door for us to build a house. And by the way, when God calls you somewhere, he'll also make sure that you have exactly what you need when you get to where you're going. Amen? Amen. Something about amen, I get done real fast if you amen me. We'll get you out before McDonald's closes tonight. And we've been there ever since in Ohio. So, um, obviously I miss my family and we look forward to any opportunity we get to come back and, but I'm thankful that God is taking care of us and he has us in Ohio and I have the privilege to pastor a wonderful church full of people. We're a small country church. We've only existed for seven years now. This December will be eight years. So we started in a high school cafeteria with nothing, but God paved the way and, and God blessed and God does when we seek his face for his honor and glory. Now, all that being said, uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4 is where we're going to be this morning. I want to talk to you about someone in the Word of God that a lot of times we may read right over top and never really notice anything about this man in the Bible. He's mentioned only three times in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul himself. And this morning, I want to read to you something out of 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Chapter number four is a very famous passage in the writings of the Apostle Paul simply because it's like his homegoing sermon. When Paul knows that he's about to give his life as a martyr and Paul is encouraging Timothy, encouraging the church, and Paul begins to talk about his own testimony, giving some last parting words unto Timothy. And Paul mentions somebody in this text in chapter number 4 that we want to read about this morning. And I want to share with you a simple thought. Something that you'll see about me also is that I'm pretty simple. I really am. I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that it's, it's just the way that I am. And I'm thankful that God made us all different. He really has. And But this morning, what you'll find here is that what I'm going to share with you is extremely simple. So that means all y'all going to be saying amen and going like this because you're going to understand what I'm going to say. Amen, preacher. No, I'm just teasing. I'm trying to get as much of you to say amen as possible. No, No, but in seriousness here, I want to start reading in verse number 9. In verse number 9 is where I'm going to start reading this morning. And I want to share with you something that is very serious. Very serious. And all joking aside, we want to look at something. And this is where I believe very much that God wants us to be this morning. And so I'm going to start my reading in 2 Timothy chapter number 4. I'll start reading in verse 9. So if you're able to stand with me for the reading and honoring of God's word, would you care to stand at this time for just a moment? 2 Timothy chapter number 4 verse number 9. Paul says this. Do thy diligence to come unto me. 
And look what he says here in verse 10. For Demas, Demas, hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. He's departed unto Thessalonica and is uh, into Cretans, Galatia, Titus, and Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he's profitable unto me for the ministry. And Tychus have I sent unto Ephesus. Now, I know what we read there doesn't seem like it's greatly profound, but I want to draw your attention to the fact that he talks about a man by the name of Demas. A man by the name of Demas. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this day. And I thank you, Lord, for the privilege that I have this morning just to be able to share your truth. Lord, it's not my desire to be seen this morning. God, I know that I'm not important. I just want to step out of the way and let you do what you purpose to do. I'm thankful, God, that your word is available to us all. And, Father, that your spirit, God, will teach us right from your word of truth. And I pray, God, that if there's someone here today that does not know Jesus as their Savior, today would be the day of salvation and that you touch hearts and lives Revive us again, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Paul's looking at the end of his earthly ministry, staring it right in the eyes. His heart is longing for heaven at this point. And it's not that the way that it is. The longer that you live in this world, we find that there's a greater longing for heaven. When you're ready for heaven, you start having a longing for it. Paul is ready to leave. He basically says, he said, I've done all that I can do. I've fought a good fight. He says, I've kept the face, uh, I've finished my course. And he said, there's a crown of righteousness that is laid up for me. And Paul is ready to go unto heaven. He has individuals that are in ministry with him. Paul many times uses the word fellow laborer or one that uh, is a co-laborer with him. They're simply people who were companions with Paul in his work. He begins to address This sad instance in the life of Demas, he just mentions it in passing. And I believe that we see an example in the life of Demas that is happening in the church world today. Demas is someone, as I said at the beginning, he's only mentioned three times in the word of God. He's mentioned in Colossians 4, verse 14, when Paul mentions Demas as one being with him ministering. He's mentioned in Philemon in the 24th verse. He's mentioned as being a fellow laborer and sending greetings unto the brethren or unto the church. But here he's mentioned in a totally different light. Here he's mentioned in an extremely different way. He's not mentioned as one that is there faithfully working. He's not mentioned as one sending greetings unto the brethren. He's mentioned as one who has quit in the ministry, as who, has, who has withdrawn himself, who has forsaken Paul as well as some other things. Now, the fact of the matter is the Bible records that he has forsaken and the Bible says that he loved this present world. Now, that does not mean that he loves people so much. It says here forsaking means that he literally deserted Paul. He literally deserted the ministry. He literally deserted his calling at this point. He was working faithfully, but he come to a place where his eyes went somewhere else and he began to head that direction. When it says that he had loved this present world, it literally means that he took pleasure in this present world to prize it. When you look that up in the Greek, it literally means to prize it above other things. And then it means to be willing to abandon something. Literally, he goes to Thessalonica. And Thessalonica, if you study, you'll see that it was a very populated city, but it was also very wealthy. And Demoth leaves the ministry. He leaves working with Paul and he goes unto Thessalonica. 
And we sometimes see this, I'm, I, I would believe to say that I'm not the only one in, in our life that we have known folks who were serving God, who were being faithful, who were activists. They just wanted to find something that they could do for the Lord in some way. But then something happened to where they begin to distance themselves from God and the things of God. And now maybe even this morning where they used to sit in this very church, they're no longer sitting there today. Now that's COVID aside. Okay, we understand that this here, Paul mentions him just briefly, and I believe there's a tremendous application because I've seen it in my few short years in the ministry already myself, and I do not believe that it's something that no one else in here has really seen. The truth of the matter is that some folks literally, literally get to a place where they begin to look at something else, and we say, well, how does that happen? And it happens very simply. Very simply, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, Jesus is mentioning mentioning literally that he says these words. He says, because iniquity or sin, because it shall abound that the love of many shall wax cold. It will grow cold. Because sin shall uh, become prevalent. It shall be something you see more and more and more. And it will begin to be practiced more and more and more that the love of many, that fervent love of many shall begin to grow cold. Now, let me just say this. When I got saved, I remember where I was. I remember, I don't know the day that it was, but I remember where that I was. And I know that in an instant, I was different. As soon as I prayed and repented of my sins and asked the Lord to forgive me, there was a change in me and I felt something like fire. I felt different. Now, I want you to understand, just because you have a feeling doesn't mean you're saved. But I'm thankful that faith will give you a feeling sometimes, praise God. But nonetheless, I felt different. There was a change that was made instantly in me. I could not get enough of the word. I wanted to tell everybody about what took place. But what happens along the line is, why is it that we start out being on fire and then we get to a place where we no longer have that same fervent desire to share that with somebody anymore? We need revive. That's that's why. It happens to everyone. It's happened to me. It's happened to me. It happens to everyone. And so... Here we see something that happens to this man. And literally the Bible simply just tells us that he's loved this present world or age more. Some things that he left. He left the ministry. Number one, he left the ministry. The Bible tells us plainly that you can't serve God and my Bible says mammon or wealth or riches. You can't serve two things. The truth of the matter is in the Christian life, you cannot stand on the fence. You can't stand on the fence. You are either in or you're out. You're either on the right side or you're on the left side. There's no way that you and I can stand on the center. But why is it that we try to do that? We literally try to come to a place where we are literally standing on a line thinking that it's okay. When God himself says in the book of Revelation that he wants you to either be hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, he's going to spew you out of his mouth. The Bible tells us plainly that as a child of God... That if he's truly your savior and truly the love of your life, that your actions and your words will reflect that love. Do you know, I understand that my wife loves me. But do you know, she shows me she loves me not just by saying, I love you. She does things for me because she loves me. 
And I see that. And, it, and if I, we would get to a place where all of a sudden that we would only spend time together ever so often. Or I would all of a sudden just maybe not talk to her every single day anymore. Or I would only come to her when I needed a favor. And maybe after a while, I'd only spend time with her once in seven days. Maybe I wouldn't sit down and talk with her hardly at all anymore. You all would think there's something wrong, right? So why do we think that God's different than that? Why do we think that, that literally that we can do God different than that? The truth of the matter is, a lot of times we don't even realize that we have kind of been rocked to sleep by the devil. We come to a place where the things of this world get our eyes off of the Lord and we start looking literally at the things of this world thinking that, you know, how many people understand that a lot of us want heaven right here? We don't want problems now. I don't want to deal with sickness now. The truth of the matter is, if I'm going to be honest, I don't want any hindrances in my life whatsoever. I can tell you just for me to get here was a battle and a half. My daughter ended up looking like she was fixing to get sick a week before we was ever supposed to leave. And I thank God that it was only allergies and it came and it went. And then about that time, then my baby started getting a little bit of drippy around her face and started acting like she was fixing to get sick. Thank God he took care of that. But nonetheless, and it literally looked like these little things were like, oh, well, if and and now anytime your nose starts running, you're like, it's COVID. (laughs) Someone sneezes, you're we're all like this. You know it's true. My daughter's the only one in my family in my house that hadn't had coronavirus so far. But nonetheless, literally, it looked like these things started just happening a little bit. There was there was things that we were facing that looked like they were problem. Then I get up here and then my car starts making noise. I expect that these kinds of things are going to happen, but you know what? I don't want them to happen. We all want heaven right now. We, don't, we want an easy life. That's really the way that we are. We want an easy life. But I got news for you this morning. Life's not really easy. We do face things in life that are troublesome. But you know what the devil will do? He'll try to paint a picture and make it look like it's real nice over here so that we stop our focus on the task at hand, which is serving God with all of our heart, which is literally being as faithful as we can to him. But also, it's not just that. You know, we're supposed to be actually trying to win people to Jesus Christ. And literally, we're living in a day when the child of God is so focused on building their own kingdom that they don't have time to build God's kingdom. Because we're trying to provide nice things for ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with having nice things. I'm just saying when it becomes our focus and Demas got to a place where he started looking at this nice shiny city and he says, I want to go there. And that's exactly what he did. He stopped serving God to the capacity that he once did. A lot of folks think that it's the pastor's job to try to win people to the Lord and fill the church, but it's not. It's literally the child of God's job. It's our responsibility to literally be sharing with everyone the love of Jesus Christ and the fact that we all have a need to be saved. He left the ministry, and when he left the ministry, number two, he also let go of the message. I bet you Demas wasn't sharing it anymore. 
when he had a love that was greater, he all of a sudden is not going to be promoting promoting the gospel message like he was when he was with Paul. He left the ministry. He let go of the message. And then the third thing is he literally loved other things more. More than God and the things of God and serving God. A man that's only mentioned three times in the Bible has two positive mentions. Here he is, but then he ends up not finishing so well. That we know of. That we know of. He left the ministry because he started looking at other things. And then he literally let go of the message. He literally loves other things more. And that means he kind of left the master. He started serving his own self. And I find today that there's a great danger, a great danger with the child of God that this is what, this is what the sermon's called. Spiritual evolution. Once you understand something this morning, that don't exist. You don't spiritually evolve. We grow as children of God, but that's not evolving. We grow as children of God, but our problem is, is we think that these convictions and the way that we used to feel when we first give our heart and life to Jesus Christ, that we don't feel that no more because we matured in the Lord. That's not always the case. And I really think that that's seldom the case. And I might even be brazen enough to say that's not the case at all. Because the truth of the matter is, why would we get to a place where we really love the Lord less? Should not we be growing daily? In our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Should not we be seeking his face daily? Should not we really have that desire uh, to see someone saved? That burden for someone that we know that is lost and undone. Should not we have that desire to really see them come to the Lord Jesus Christ? We don't like to talk about hell that much, but hell is a real place. But so many of us, it's out of sight and out of mind. And we get busy building our own kingdoms that we do not even realize that every day you are passing, the majority of the people that you pass in this world are lost and on their way to a devil's hell. You say, why do you say devil's hell? Well, Jesus said that God prepared hell for the devil and his angels. He didn't prepare it for you and me. God doesn't want us to allow our sins to take us to that place. And we know that's why he sent his son, that he should be the propitiation for our sins. The one that took our place before I was born. Jesus knew that I would sin against him and died on the cross for my sins to save me. The fact that your parents go here, the fact that your grandparents go here or sisters or brothers or nephews, nieces, whatever you want to call it, does not make you a child of God. What makes you a child of God is you coming to a place where you realize that you are a sinner And you actually, between you and God, you don't confess your sins to me or your pastor or anyone else. You can. You can confide in folks and ask them for prayer, but that doesn't make you saved. You enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ when you pray from faith in your heart. Brother Ralph, that it? He taught Sunday school, adult Sunday school this morning, out of the book of Romans wonderfully. And so many of us missed it. He talked about salvation and the simplicity of salvation, but the fact that salvation is by faith, it's not by works, you can't do enough to earn it. How many people understand that the Lord did not get a good deal when he got you? No one wants to mention that, no one wants to acknowledge that this morning. Okay, no, I'm just even. But he loved us. He loved us. And while we were yet a sinner, Christ died for us. I want you to understand. 
I know that we paint Demas in a negative light this morning, but the Lord loved him as much as he loves me. The Lord loved him as much as he loves you. Demas had every opportunity as well. I don't know. I didn't look at history, what history says. Maybe Demas, maybe Demas repented of his wayward ways and got back right with the Lord. I have no idea. But what I say to you this morning is that I think that the Christian world today, the church today, thinks that they're coming to a place where they're evolving and suddenly now that all those things that we thought were wrong, maybe they're not so bad because we don't feel that they're wrong anymore. How many people know that you can sear your conscience? How many people know that you can do something and that felt bad the first time, but when you do it the second time, it don't feel as bad anymore? And the third time and the fourth time, and pretty soon you get to a place where you say, oh, that must be okay. If God's word says that it's not okay, it doesn't matter what your conscience says. Because we can ruin our conscience, but you cannot ruin God's word. And the truth of the matter is, we're at a place today where literally I believe that the church thinks that they're evolving into something, that they come to this way of spiritual enlightenment where suddenly the things that they thought were no, not, not okay, now all of a sudden they're okay and we're tolerating so much that it's the truth of the matter is we desperately need to be revived. Every single one of us need to look inside our hearts and ask the Lord, is there something there that should not be? That we literally, all of us, ask ourselves that very question. I can preach this to you this morning because I have lived it. I have been there. I have done what Demas had done. But I also stand this morning as one that can give the testimony that the same grace was still there for me when I repented and came home to the very thing that I knew I needed to do. And I'm thankful this morning that I can stand knowing That he forgave me when I burned my bridge and went the wrong way. And I thought that I could not come home. But when I come to my knees and beg God to forgive me, when I confess the error in my way, he scooped me right up. And he said, it's all right. And he forgave me. He set my feet back up. And I've been walking for him ever since. The example of Demas is in the Word of God to show us how easy it is to get your eyes off of the Lord and onto this world, but also to show us, show us literally, the Lord loves him just as much as he loves us, and that grace was there to bring him home. Demas, if he repented, he could have come home, and he could have got back to where he needed to be. And I'm thankful to say this morning, folks, that if you're here today, Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I got good news for you, friend. Today can be your day. Today can be the day that you bow your head and you pray and ask the Lord to forgive your sins and to save you. You say, I don't know if I have the faith. Well, I got good news for you there too. The Bible says that God has dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. Do you realize that salvation has nothing to do with what we could do? He gave us every single criteria. All that we need is to take the faith that he gave us and put it in him as being the one who died to save you and rose the third day listening for you to pray and invite Christ into your heart and life. Put your faith in him. Maybe you're here this morning as one like Demas. You've allowed some things in your heart and life that 
kind of, you don't feel close to the Lord anymore. You've not spiritually evolved. It's called degeneration. You withdrew. There's things that you do now that you never used to would have done. The problem is, is that you begin to sear your conscience. You begin to destroy those convictions. Convictions need to be followed, nurtured. God puts them there for a reason. But every one of us, if we're not careful, can get to a place where we start searing those convictions. Literally, I say to you this morning in closing, if you're one of those folks that find yourself in that state, and like I told you, I've been there. I've been there. You've not spiritually evolved, folks. It's called spiritual degeneration. But I'm glad that the Lord can make all things right this morning. I'm also glad that He's willing to do it. The enemy would have you to believe that you can't. You've done too much wrong to get saved, to give your heart to the Lord, to put your faith in Christ to be your Savior. He would have you say, oh, you've done too much wrong. But that's not true. The devil don't care about any one of us. He wants you to put off the decision that stands here looking you in the eye this morning just one more day in hopes that one more day never comes for you. That's why salvation is urgent now. That desire that we once had to share our faith with Jesus Christ, we ought to have that same desire now. And if you this morning don't have that same fervent desire, then guess what? You need to come pray this morning. You need to ask God, beg God to burn that fire in you again. That flame in you again. Because we should be burdened for people. We should be concerned that they're on their way to a devil's hell. We should be inviting people to the house of God. Not just assuming they'll say no and never asking. The truth of the matter is, every one of us, myself included, need to have that fervent desire and burden to see our lost family, our lost friends, our lost loved ones, our neighbors, to see them give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. God has made every one of us a witness and a messenger. And He did not save you to sit in the comfortable church pew that you find yourself in this morning. He said, go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. And my house may be full. So I challenge you today and throughout this week, start looking for people. Start praying, asking God who you can invite out. Bring them out. I don't think it's wrong to bribe somebody. Like, son, I'll feed you when we're done here. I don't think it's wrong. I, listen, I'll pay 50 bucks if doing something for someone, if they'll come and God will speak to them and they just happen to get saved that day, I don't know about you, but I'd pay a lot more than $50 to see something like that. Maybe that, could you come and play a song for us here this morning? Thank you so much. I appreciate you folks. As they're coming, if everyone bow their head and close their eyes for just a moment here this morning. If you're here this morning, and you would be honest between me and you and God, you've never asked Jesus to forgive you your sin. You've never invited the Lord to come into your heart and life. You've never placed your faith in Jesus to be your Savior. If that's you this morning and you've never done that, I will not come back to where you are. I would never dream of embarrassing you. 
But I wonder if you will consider me doing me this privilege this morning that just for a moment, if you know deep down in your heart, now God forbid it should happen, but if you die today, that you know you want you want to go to heaven because you're not saved. If that's you, if you just slip your hand up for a second, put it back down, and if I see your hand, I'll be praying for you. I don't need to know your name today, but I will remember. I'm good with faces, folks. I will remember to pray for you all over the church house. No one's looking around. God knows already, but you're saying, Preacher, I just want you to pray for me. And if I see your hand up for a moment, put it back down. I'll know that you're saying, I got enough care for my soul, Preacher, that I just want you to pray for me today. Because I'm not saved. I need you to pray for me. God bless you. I see your hand. Someone else, would you raise your hand right now? Shoot it back up, right back down. You say, I'm not saved, preacher. Would you pray for me? If I see your hand, I'll be praying. That's all I need is a hand for a second. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. You can put it back down. Someone else, you say, preacher, I know I've been waiting. You've been asking for hands. I've been waiting, but please, would you pray for me? If you shoot your hand up right now, back down, I'll know that you're not saved and you need to be saved, but you want prayer this morning. How about it? Is that you? Maybe this morning you say, I know I'm saved, preacher. I'm saved. Brother Josh, I'm saved and I know that I'm saved. But I know that there's some distance between me and God today and there are things that that He showed me today that that I need to get out of the way and under the blood. I need Him forgiven. I need to get back where I used to be. Maybe that's you this morning. I don't know. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. Pray for me, preacher. God bless you. I see your hand. Someone else. I'm not where I used to be, preacher. I know I need to be, I need to be, I need to get back where I used to be. Would you pray for me? Anyone else? Some responses today. Folks, I can feel the presence of God in this house this morning when I came in here. And when songs of praise started to ascend, I could feel goosebumps on my arms. I knew that the Lord was going to do something this morning. And God has revealed to some of you that you're lost and you need to be saved. You know why He revealed that to you? Because He wants to save you. He revealed that to you this morning because He can save you. He revealed that to you this morning because He wants you to respond. One thing about revival is this. You're going to need to humble yourself. That means you're going to not have to care what people think. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to whisper or murmur about you. The eternal destiny of your soul weighs in the balance, lost person. Maybe this morning you just need to come. Whether you come by yourself or whether this morning you come to this altar with someone, you can grab someone and bring them with you. You come down and you pray. You say, I don't know what to say. You just tell the Lord you're sorry. You tell Him that you want to be forgiven and saved and you ask Him to do it. And the Bible says that whosoever you are, don't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, if you call upon Him, that you'll be saved. Some of you have raised your hands right here today. You can call upon His name and you'll know. You'll know that you're saved. He'll save you on the spot, right then and right there. And some have raised their hands that they're saved, but they're just not where they used to be with the Lord. All over the church house as they get ready to sing, could you come to your feet with me, folks? Could you stand with me all over the church house if you're able? Could you stand? And as they're singing this morning, if you've raised your hand for anything or if you did not, I invite you, if you want to be changed, if you want 
If you really mean what you're praying, if you really mean the fact that you raised your hand this morning, you have a place that you can come to right now. Your pastor can come and pray with you. If you come, I can come pray with you. Others can. But would you come this morning and give your heart to Jesus Christ? He'll wash your sins away, make you clean. When I got saved, I'm telling you, I felt like if I jumped, I'd have kept going. I literally did not realize the burden of sin that was heavy on my life. And I still remember that feeling today. (laughs) I'm thankful that Jesus looked at me when I was undone. And I was so unworthy. And He reached down in the steps of sin that I was. And He forgave me when I called on Him to do so. And He lifted me up brought me out of my sins and made me a child of His. He wants to do it for you. How about it? As they're playing, as they're singing, if God has spoken to you, would you come this morning? Amen. Amen. Someone else, would you come this morning? Has God spoken to you? Then come. You will not regret coming. The devil says, you just wait. You don't need to go. Well, I want you to understand, if you feel that in your heart, your pull, the Lord is asking you to. He's asking you to come. How about it? Just as I I'd come right now and ask for heaven's help. 
I'd ask the Lord to touch and help me, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, I don't care what it is. When you see a trouble in the water like this, that's what the old saints used to call it. That means the presence of God is there with his people. Maybe you need to come this morning. Maybe you need a touch of healing. Maybe you just need that encouragement in your life for some reason. I encourage you to come pray. Come pray. God bless you, folks. God bless you. What a wonderful place to be today. What a wonderful place to be. People got help this morning. Still getting help. I thank God that He deals with our hearts. He loves us. I'm thankful I didn't just get saved and then He just left me there. He walks with me every day. Every day He walks with me and talks with me. He does that with His children. I'm so thankful for that today. So thankful for His presence this morning. Amen. There's still an opportunity if you'd like to come and pray. Still an opportunity. If no one comes briefly here, we'll close. But you still have a chance. Right here, right now. Wondering who might want to share what God said to you today. Or anything. Testimony, your prayer, others. I feel like God is sharing me to be a light to the world and just to give Him praise for everything. Thank you. Praise Him. Praise God. Amen. 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 Um, Some people know me as the happy, smiley, bubbly person of the church. Um, Sometimes I just don't feel it all the time. Um, I haven't admitted it, admitted it. Um, I kind of struggle with a dark place a lot. Like, the inner voices in my head, as most teenagers would. Um... (laughs) I have my mom with me all the time. My mom's my strength, my rock. I if something happened to her, I could never. I don't know what I would do without her. And my friends and family are my rock also. And I don't know if I could deal with any of them losing them. Especially being here too. You guys are my rock. And I don't know if I would do it without you guys or losing you. And I just... <laughs> Amen. Grace, may God help you and be with you. Thanks for sharing with us today. Anybody else want to share what God's saying to you and speaking to your heart about? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness of speaking to our hearts today. Oh, God. Jeff, come and share, would you? A prayer. Why don't you pray for us today, Jeff? Would you do that? Limp on over here, buddy. Would you stand, please? I did want to just say that I'm challenged myself to not do, not be just good, but challenged to be quickened and uh, to be sharp and to be um, to, to be the best that God wants for me, not to be good. And uh, the difference of that is to be revived and um, challenged that because it goes, it goes for my wife and then it goes through five of my kids 
and the ripples of the people you run touch shoulders with. And that goes for all of us. And uh, just challenge yourself to be that extra sharpness where you're, you, you're, you're walking in the presence of God. And, uh, and uh, I can't imagine the ripples that has every day. So, may I pray? I ask Jeff to pray, but before he does, I just want to say to those that may be able to listen to the service, uh, we can't see you. A couple are still left on the phone and others that are listening. And it seems like every week I hear from people who are connecting through the on stream, and I had no idea, don't know. But I just want to say to you today, right where you're at, we'll pray with you, pray for you. Lord God, I pray you would speak to those that are listening today. You know their need as they pray, as they call out to you. You hear every prayer. Thankful for that today, God. Minister to them. Speak to them, Lord God, I pray. Jeff. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for a chance to um, be close to your throne or to meet without persecution. Lord, to meet and have no obstacles, Lord, except ourselves, uh, for accepting you into our hearts and into our lives. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would be with each of the kids here and the adults, Lord, that have have been drawn closer to you today. Pray, Lord, that they'd be kept close to, close to you and in the rock, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would be honored, Lord, that you'd be heard. And that, Lord, these decisions made, Lord, would have ripples tomorrow, today, tomorrow, throughout this week. And, Lord, they should be sustained. Pray for, I pray for our um, speaker and the revivals this week, Lord, that you would just speak through him. And, Lord, that our hearts would be tender to receive your word. And uh, we just give you the honor and the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Pastor, for sharing with us. God's Word will be here tonight, 6 o'clock, Monday through Wednesday, 7 o'clock, if you're able to join us. Hope you can. God bless. Good, Good day.